Continuous delivery isn't about how fast you deliver, it's about the outcome your delivery achieves. We're kicking off this new year by talking about outcome-based development and why failing small is better than failing fast. Joining me for today's discussion is the author of 5-Minute DevOps and founder of the DevOps Dojo, Brian Finster. This episode is sponsored by Linear B. Give your dev team the power to improve with team-based metrics, high-risk code alerts, and the world's first project board based on real-time Git activity. Sign up free at LinearB.io. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Awesome to have you here. You know, read a bunch of your, your, your articles and, you know, I, I see that you're really, you know, helping out the community, which we totally appreciate on Dev Interrupted. I wanted to get right into it. So I know in the past you've talked about outcome-based development, kind of the idea of defining maybe the value of the delivery, um, even before the coding starts, something like that. Can you talk more about the idea of outcome-based development and why it's meaningful to dev teams? Well, I mean, it, it all. if you look and read continuous delivery, they talk about hypothesis-driven development. And really what you're trying to do is you're saying, okay, if we do this thing, we expect this outcome. You know, our, our job isn't just to push code. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to solve business problems and deliver value. If we can't come up with what that value is up front and then figure out a way to identify whether we deliver that value at the end, then all we're doing is just feature factories. We don't want to be feature factories. Uh, you know, I'm a, I've been a developer for a long time, and the thing that really speaks to me is delivering value to the end user. That's what it should all be about. Yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting that you mention you know, continuous delivery in that way. A lot of the times, you know, when I hear someone say something about continuous delivery, not not all the time, but a lot of times they'll say something like, well, it's about like how often you release or, you know, it's about like, yeah, it's about some kind of kind of metric, you know, not too often do I hear someone say, well, well, it's about value. Yeah, it's 100% about value. I mean, continuous delivery uh, I, I hear this all the time too, where people focus on the tools and they say, we ha- we're doing continuous delivery because we have a Jenkins pipeline. No, you're doing, a continu- you're doing continuous delivery because you have an idea, you deliver it to the end user and get feedback as rapidly as possible that you're optimizing that entire loop and trying to shrink that loop to make it more efficient so you can get faster feedback. It's all about minimizing uh, the d- time between when you do something when you get feedback. That's what CD is for. Right, right. Um, and it's probably important, like who you're getting feedback from or, or what is the feedback that you're looking for? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I talk all the time about, uh, you know, I, I had when the MacBook 2017 came out, I bought a refurbished 2016 because the 2017 didn't have an escape key. So to me, it was poor quality. Um, that's what quality comes from. You're trying to get quality feedback from the people who actually use your thing. And you have to do that fast. You can't get quality feedback by testing. You get feedback on the test <laughs> by delivering, but quality comes from the end user. And that's what you're trying to do. How fast can I get that feedback? Right, right. So if we're, if we're taking it back to outcome-based development as opposed to just like, you know, kind of hollow CICD releases, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what are some of the characteristics or what are some of the things that teams should be doing if they really want to be focused on, on those outcomes? 
we're measuring what we do and not just the value at the end, but how we achieve that value. Metrics are core. Uh, and I'll tell anybody who asks that my two favorite topics when I do is testing and metrics. Because if I'm, I'm blind, I'm just doing things, so I'm not measuring it. But every single step of the way, how can we measure improvement? How we can how can we find waste in the flow and remove that waste? And then how can we get feedback from the end user to find out if we if we can be super efficient? That's fine. But if we're not effective, it doesn't matter. We're just efficient at delivering waste to the end user. And so coming up with what those metrics are, measuring those things with the goal towards improvement, and especially for leaders, not with using metrics as a goal but using metrics to help the team find things that they can improve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you at Linear B, we are big into metrics, but we're big into team-based metrics. You know, we're a proponent of, you know, something like cycle time. You know, we found our community, once they start observing their cycle time as a team, mm-hmm. because it's a team effort, right, to deliver value from, you know, idea to, uh, uh you know, in the hands of the customer, once you start observing that, okay, now we can have a good conversation of maybe what, what's broken along the way. Um, is cycle time, you know, one of the things that you subscribe to for, for metrics or how, how do you measure? Oh, let me tell you, there's a bunch of cycle times. Uh, and I focus on two specifically. One is, you know, if you go read Accelerate, they talk about, they call it hard lead time, but they're talking about the build cycle time. They're talking about time from commit to delivery. And that's important because I will tell you how efficient your, your pipeline is. You can get a lot of insights around your testing process with that. But we also look at development cycle time, the time you start on a new, on new work until it's delivered. Now, it overlaps, but the real thing that we're trying to figure out is, you know, you know our story is too big. You know, is there an uncertainty there? Are people context switching to other things, work's getting blocked, you know, and, and trying to, to see what that cycle time looks like. I think that's actually more important if you're trying to improve. The build cycle time is an outcome, but if you're focusing on improvement, that development cycle time is really key. Well, yeah, and I think kind of one of the the mindsets that you probably subscribe to, and I I think, you know, probably related to outcome-based development or, you know, continuous delivery is that continuous improvement, right? If we're not improving, then what are we doing? We're doing the same or getting worse. I really like how they put it on the CD website's relentless improvement, always being dissatisfied with where you are, you know, always striving to find something that we can do better. Um, but, you know, not in a way that burns people out. Right. But just, you know, as it, the thing that I realized when we went down this path is when you're really focusing on that value delivery, you get the best metric ever, which is pride. The team, the team has ownership of what they do. They have ownership of how to make it better. They understand the value and they want to make that end user happy and they have pride in their work. And if your team is proud, you're going to have a secure, safe, uh, you know, valuable thing delivered to the end user. I think I read in one of your five minute, you know, blogs that you said, if you could have one metric to rule them all, it would be pride. Absolutely. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, that's actually really sharp because if everyone's kind of proud of what they're doing, proud of their work, proud to be on the team, you'll probably get a really good outcome. 
But then I, on the flip side, I said to myself, okay, wait, well, how would I measure pride? <laughs> <laughs> Find out, you ask. You, you know, you go to the gimbal, you see what's going on. Um, you know, and I, I asked my, t- one of the teams I was on was like, when I was leaving the team, it was like, hey, you know, I, I have this idea that, that this is our application. We let the user use it. And I'm proud of what it does. I'm proud of what it delivers. And do you guys feel the same way? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And they just ask. But you mentioned something else I want to touch on. Yes. Team is the lowest common denominator for measuring anything. Anybody who's trying to measure individuals is failing at continuous delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I wanted to ask you, besides cycle time, you know, for example, you know, we're also big into like MTTR, right? Mean, mean time to restore, mean time to delivery. When I think of mean, mean time to store, maybe that, maybe there's some type of pride in there. Like we care about <laughs> our process to be able to detect you know, an issue in production because we are proud to serve our customers and therefore we're proud to have, you know, a, a quick turnaround process if, the, if there is an issue. I don't know, that came to mind to me. No, but it's true. I mean, and I felt it too. My team feels it that, you know, if our application, because, you know, we help teams, we also build things. Um, we're developers, you know, if our application is failing, um, we will go do a postmortem and, and try to make sure that our MTTR is low. But again, you know, uh, I think people look at some of those, you know, delivery frequency, MTTR, change fail rate, those, those metrics. Yeah, the accelerate story, metrics, yeah. And they'll, they'll look at those as goals, but those are outcomes of achieving the goals. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we push further upstream that uh, help result in those outcomes. So, you know, again, you know, the build cycle time, I mean, the development cycle time, but also how frequently you're integrating code. You can get a lot of insights about problems the team might be having just by how frequently code's integrating and by, you know, having a working agreement on the team that we will execute continuous integration and we'll try to find out why we can't put code on, onto the trunk at least once a day, preferably more often, uh, per developer. Why can't we? And, and work as a team to solve those problems. Why can't we get it done? And that uncovers a bunch of problems that teams generally face. That actually brings up a really good point, right? Because kind of, you know, if you just looked at cycle time, that might measure like an outcome or like the end state it is your cycle time. Yeah. But it reminds me what you're saying a lot about kind of just that general shift left mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I saw you say something like, well, you think, you know, you believe the way most teams are kind of developing software today is a little bit uh, wrong. Um, a lot of people think about the software process, you know, as maybe these very distinct stages. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to talk a little bit about, you know, where, where you think we're at in the industry in shifting left. And, you know, are there any other responsibilities or what responsibilities should we keep, you know, kind of shifting left? Well, and to be clear, I don't think it's their fault. It's how we've been taught. Yeah. And and most and so number one, nobody in college is taught how to test. Or oh my God, I, programs. <laughs> I, I know of one program that teaches testing for their software engineering uh, degree. I that could be a whole topic in itself. <laughs> I you know I, I went to school. I went to school at Villanova University, a great university. I'm not bashing Villanova, but I can't say that. 
you know, in the comp side department, I, I, I learned, you know, some fundamentals and that type of stuff. I had no idea what it was like to work on a team. No, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then you have teams that are led by people who either have never been software developers or grew up in old school software development where we didn't test anything anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's this idea of, okay, well, the right way to do it is still waterfall, even though we're doing two week waterfall. Uh, is that we're going to have testing is something we do after development, hopefully if we have time, right? Uh, or And you, the state of the industry is we're still hiring people to test. And that's a problem because if we're doing this correctly, then we have people on the team who are evil, who know how to break things. But testing is happening starting when we get an idea. We get an idea in and we start talking about the idea and discussing whether it's a good idea or not. Because if it's a bad idea, we shouldn't deliver it. And we, we discuss that by how we, you know, what outcomes do we expect? How do we expect to measure we can achieve those outcomes? And then you start refining work and you have to talk and test when you're refining work. We focus really heavy on behavior-driven development as a way to not only uncover what the requirements actually are, but to start thinking and test about how we're going to test it when we start coding. And then when you're coding and everything else down the pipeline, you're looking at how do I move any sort of quality issues as close to keyboard as I can? You know, how do I develop a system of testing that ultimately means that if, as soon as I hit save, I find out I broke something. And if I can't, why can't I move it further left? You know, if, I, if I'm finding a test in an end-to-end -end test, I mean, a failure in an end-to-end -end test, why can't I find it? during the CI build? Why can't I find it on my desktop? Why can't I be this satisfied with that and move detection as close to keyboard as possible? Even better, move it into story refining. If I can find a defect in story refining, it costs almost nothing. Well, yeah, and, and you're kind of saying, you know, why can't we, or, 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 you know, why can't we kind of as a community, as a general community? Well, as a team. Uh, why can't yeah, we, as, a, as, as a, a team, team fix it, right? Yeah. It, what do you think are because because you're working with teams, right? You're you're working with a lot of teams. What do you think is is preventing that? Like when you come into a team, what are the what's going on there? The common pitfalls. Uh, I, I think uh, starting off with that they're solving the wrong problem. They're solving for we need to get a feature out the door instead of we need to be able to deliver better value sooner, safer, happier. You know, as John, my friend Jonathan Smart would say. Uh, it's that we are trying to de develop a way so that we can safely make changes at three o'clock in the morning when the house is on fire. Uh, and we're going to use that same process to deliver value instead of we're going to pretend like everything is going to be fine. And we're going to, and we're going to build a system of delivery where we build something, somebody else tests it. Hopefully it works. We deliver it to production and God help us at three o'clock in the morning. Right. It's they're, they're solving the wrong problem. They, they need to solve the problem of how do I make sure that I have safe, secure code and that the pipeline is my product preventing me from causing problems. Uh, that, I, that I'm focusing on the pipeline is the core thing. That needs to be efficient, it needs to be fast, it needs to be safe, secure, compliant, uh, fully automated, no human touch after that code goes into the trunk. Um, how do we solve that problem? And then how do I move detection as close to keyboard as possible? How do I solve that problem? Those are the engineering problems we should be solving, not how do I get a feature out the door to the testing team as fast as I can. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of say at Linear B, you know, we, we feel like uh, software project de- delivery is a little bit broken right now at, at, as an industry. You know, we kind of see, okay, product owners, let's do all this planning. Okay, we're going to plan first, even just creating user stories. I'm going to go in the room, I'm going to make them myself. And then I'm going to show up to the iteration. And okay, we're still working in iterations. But now um, we're going to together like assign out the work. And then, you know, talk to me when it's done. And and that's not how good software is built, right? It's more continuous, real time feedback back and forth, even during an iteration. And everything, you know, uh, one of my, I, I, everyone talks about this agile mindset. And I think I finally figured out what it is, is that the requirements are wrong or we misunderstood them or they'll change before we can deliver. One of one or more of those is always true. And uh, so how do we mitigate that? Well, we minimize our inventory. You don't have a huge stack of work you're going to do. You have some ideas of what we might go. And the goal for agile delivery is not to deliver in two-week increments. It's to deliver something small and then learn from it to inform what else comes next. And yeah, if you're batching things up, you have the the product owner going off in a room, writing a bunch of user stories to bring to the team and say, here, implement this. That doesn't work. There's the knowledge gaps from that handoff where communication gets lost, context gets lost. Uh, it, everything breaks. It's you have to organize everything around the flow, the the flow of value. You know, I, I, I list value stream architect, and that's what that's about: is architecting the organization, and the processes, and the app, uh, and the the testing, and the application architecture. Everything around how do we optimize the flow of of information through there to get value to the end user and verify it. Do you think developers specifically fit into that model that that you talked about? Like, what what is a de- what is the developer's role in that small incremental value? A developer, if you have a a good product team, a developer is a business expert who solves problems with code. Right? They know their product. Uh, an example I give of an anti-pattern to that is the 737 Max, where they removed uh, domain expertise from the development flow, and it caused a lot of problems. The developers have the domain expertise for the business, and they solve the problems. They collaborate with the people who are, are who are not developers, who are working closer with customers every day, to come up with good solutions to serve the customer. I actually think the way that you said it, developers should have domain expertise of the business. Yep. This is one of the root problems to solve, at least what I'm seeing at the in the community today. I actually do think I've seen some uh, pretty good strides because, I mean, you can measure cycle time. Let's go back to cycle time. And you could have an uh, efficient test process and, you know, shifting sec- even shifting security left. And you could even break, you know, your work up into small chunks and deliver, you know, frequently, highly frequently, all the accelerators. But if we don't have domain expertise at the developer level, we're in high risk, I think, to not be able to do that outcome uh, driven development that we talked about at the beginning, right? That's true, because I, as a developer, uh, am smarter 
with the rest of the developers than one person is who says, this is what the business needs, or this is what the customer needs, right? Is that we have domain expertise. We understand this business problem really well because we've been working in it. And we can tell you, hey, you know what? This, this is, we can tweak this and make it better, or this will actually make things worse. It, it, you know, it's not just building code to spec, it's solving business problems and improving the bottom line. So Brian, if I'm a, you know, I'm a team leader listening to this show, or, you know, I'm a, a VP of Eng listening to this show, yeah. and I'm saying to myself, I, don't, I know that I'm not, we're, we are not doing outcome-based development. I can feel that because of the way that Brian's talking about it here. Well, you're like, actually getting outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're not the, the outcomes are not what I want. Right. Yeah. Um, like, what do I do? Like, how do I change my team? Do you have any advice of like some first steps to take? Well, the, the very first thing that because of the dependency tree, if you go and look at most of the reasons that most teams struggle, we start them on how do we refine work better? How do we get down to smaller stories? We, we tell people, if you can't get a story down to two days duration or less, um, it's too big. Paul Hammond, who, who uh, he maintains trunkbaseddevelopment.com and uh, he's, he wrote Selenium. Anyway, Paul Hammett will tell you that one day is, if you can't get it to one day, then you don't have enough certainty. We're a little bit more flexible. But if you can't get a story done in two days, then you need to refine it better. Uh, and if you can't get it down to where multiple people can work on it, it's either a tiny story or you need to refine it better. And, and, and building up that discipline of making things small, right? Because what that does um, is it starts the teamwork going. People actually engage. And then focus on continuous integration behavior that every day, each one of us will have code on the trunk that's, that is, is 85% certain it can go to production. Uh, that's fully tested as much as I know how to test it uh, with what I have now. And, you know, the pipeline can handle the rest. Um, that if the pipeline breaks, we're going to stop whatever we're doing as a team. We as a team broke the pipeline because we allowed the pipeline to be fragile enough to be broken. So we stop whatever we're doing. We fix the pipeline. You have this working agreement. You focus on that working agreement. You focus on the teamwork required for BDD. Both of those, those things take intense teamwork to get done well. Um, and building up that teamwork is really key. Yeah, you kind of continue to mention that the small chunks of work is kind of a very important um, maybe precursor to a good outcome or it's something that you you know want to pay attention about. Um, do you feel like that is something that can be measurable so a team can look and say, are we improving in that? aspect or not improving? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, for you start with CI, you can measure how frequently you're committing code to, to the trunk. You can see how many pull requests are getting raised. Yep. Um, those, that means you're doing small things. If you're delivering fast, you're delivering small things, you know, and that's really what that is showing is that your, your goal isn't fast delivery. Your goal is small batch size. That's right. why Delivery frequency is one of the things you measure, small batch size. And, you know, I, I keep, I try to come up with analogies for people why this is important, um, going back to we're always wrong. Now, I'm, I grew up, you know, target shooting. 
um, you would not sight in a rifle by blowing off a hundred rounds downrange into the target and then going and finding out how 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 close to the bullseye you were. Because even, even one of them might actually have hit the bullseye, but it didn't matter because you drifted the barrel somewhere and it was still off target. You'd fire one shot and go look. And you fire another shot and go look and adjust. It's the same thing. Ultimately, what we're after is every commit goes to production and is verified along the way by the pipeline so that we can find out if it's broken. And then if it fails, it fa- it's, it's not fail fast. That's not the goal. It's fail small. Of that, yeah, I, I've heard fail fast, which you know is a decent mind. I, I get the reasons behind fail fast. I haven't heard fail small, and really? I like that even better. Fail small, small, small chunks of work. Yeah, that, that's really great. But it's like marksmanship, right? It's aim yeah. small, miss small. Excellent, excellent. That, that that's great, Brian. Um, the last area that I kind of wanted to touch on here, we talked about some good um, metrics, you know, to measure efficiency and kind of measure the team's process. Again, cycle time, MTTR, maybe PR size, looking for small chunks of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think there's a lot of progress there. I wanted to ask you kind of on, on the flip side, on the value side. Yeah. Have you seen any good metrics to ensuring the good outcome? Usually I have kind of the customer in mind here. The value has been delivered. Value is a, incredibly difficult to measure and it's, it's very contextual to whatever you're building. Um, and because of what we do, we don't go try to measure value that we're helping teams with. That's really up to that team to figure out. We, we measure waste and pull waste out. That's really easy to identify and measure. Uh, but delivered value, I, I mean, that's something that they're gonna have to come up with with their end user. How do we measure that? Yeah, and, and hey, maybe that that's kind of a, a good agreement. We're going to make sure that early on in the process, all the way shifting left, we know with our, we have an agreement with our end user. How are we gonna measure value of this delivery? What does it look like for you? Let's do it together. And that goes back to, you know, to start hypothesis-driven development. We believe that if we implement this feature, that we will see this level of improvement. Awesome. You know, and it could be page hits, though I think that's probably a vanity metric, but conversion rates or whatever it is that your application is doing, right? You can do your job 20% faster now because there's fewer clicks, whatever it is, right? What is that value? How are we going to track it? Well, Brian, this has been an amazing conversation. You know, thank you so much for coming on to Dev Interrupted today. Um, I know you also, you know, talk about many other topics and have a lot of uh, content out there. If listeners want to connect with you or learn more about outcome-based development, you know, where can they go? I, I enjoyed chatting with people on LinkedIn who have questions. Uh, and uh, I occasionally use Twitter, but mostly to rant at people, uh, <laughs> like everybody else. Uh, and also, my my I, I blog on Medium. It's under bdfinst.medium.com. But that's where my that five minute DevOps series is out there. This, you know, that actually came from being voluntold by a VP one time to close out every one of his staff meetings with a, a five minute lightning talk in DevOps. Uh, and and. 
So it kind of flowed from that, but it's just my cleaned up rants. It's something that I'm, I'm yelling at somebody about. Okay, great. Well, yeah, everyone check out Brian, uh, Brian's blog, five minute DevOps on medium. Um, and also be sure to join us in our dev interrupted discord community. That's where we keep this type of conversation going all week long. And we have our AMAs on uh, Friday. You can get those in the link below. Um, And everyone have a great weekend.